Welcome to the show called Let's Talk Homeschool. I'm Davis, and I'm with my lovely wife, Rachel, and we are your hosts. This is the show where we talk about everything homeschooling, the how, who, what, when, where, and why. We want to affirm, encourage, challenge, and inspire you in this adventure of a lifetime, and we want to celebrate everything you get to experience along the way. This podcast is sponsored by Apologia Educational Ministries. Go to Apologia.com, a great place to explore creation. Today's show is titled, Gutenberg, the Pilgrims, and the Bible. Okay, Rachel, let's talk homeschool. So, when Gutenberg invented the printing press, what was the first thing he printed? The Bible. Yes, that was the priority. The priority was printing the Bible to get it to the masses. And, of course, plenty of other books and publications came out over time. But now let's uh, talk about the pilgrims. It is Thanksgiving week. What were one of the pilgrims' priorities in terms of uh, what their kids read? By, by the 1620s, there's not that many books in print yet like there are today. So of the few books that were available, what do you think their priority was in teaching their kids? Here's a book. Let's learn how to read. It was the Bible. And that, I mean, that's why they fled England to begin with and the Netherlands. And that's why they headed this direction. Right. So the, the common thread between Gutenberg and the pilgrims is that the Bible was the priority. Mm-hmm. Prioritizing printing it, prioritizing reading it. So that makes for a loose Thanksgiving Connection. <laughs> no, I don't think it's that loose, actually. I mean, I think really the Bible ties everything together. I mean, that's the point. It is the document. It is the word of the living God. It is a gift from him, which in this in these United States we tend to take for granted. Um, I'm often reminded of several different stories of the value of Scripture, not the least of one is the biographies and autobiographies I've read about men and women who spent their lives smuggling in the Word of God into nations where it was illegal to possess it. And I have a few stories of my own grandfather in World War II coming across people who were daring to possess the Word of God. And I think about our Christian friends in China, the underground church, where you're not supposed to have the Word of God. And yet in this country, we have it, and it's... In many instances, we maybe even have a whole shelf. I'm sitting here at your desk, and I can see a whole shelf of Bibles over there. And we take for granted that we've got the Word of God. But Gutenberg, Gutenberg saw what he had done, what he had invented, as an opportunity to make sure that more people had access to the Word of God. Right. And and so in those times, when when no books were in mass production, Every any book that was copied was copied by a scribe, and so it was a very slow process before Gutenberg. And so when there's now this semi-mass production process in place, the priority was to get the Bible because there weren't large, large numbers of Bibles in print. And so the same with the pilgrims, there weren't mm-hmm. that many Bibles even by that time, uh, and and so of the few books available, the Bible was a priority. So the difference then versus now is books are ubiquitous. Right. They're right. all over the place. There's, I like to say there's so many books. Why would you read any of the bad ones? Right. 
Exactly. Uh, you don't have time to read the good ones. I was going to say that's a podcast for another time, just discernment on what you read. But the right. priority ought to be right. the reading and the discipleship of your children in the Word of God. Right. And, and so we're doing this show to help bring that to the forefront for our listeners when you're, you're probably wanting that to be the case, but with mm-hmm. so many books available, so many Bibles available, it's very easy to unintentionally not make it a priority. Well, I'm even going to say with so much curriculum available, right? I mean, we're a homeschool family. We target people who are homeschooling or thinking about homeschooling. And I want to say, as you are trying to figure out what you're going to teach your children, I can mark the first the thing off your list that needs to be first, and that is the Word of God. I mean, that needs to be the first top priority thing you teach your children because you've got a top priority, whether or not you have articulated that or written it down or made a rational, intentional decision, this is our priority in our homeschool. I'm telling you, you've got one, whether or not you think you do, right? There's something that you consistently, persistently prioritize and drill down on, there is something that you have decided that is, as a homeschool mom, it's been a great day because we did X, right? Math, foreign language, grammar, reading, history, science. You've got something. And I'm just going to say it needs to be the Word of God. The number one thing in our homeschooling ought to be the teaching and the instruction to our children of who God is and what his word says, and therefore, how then shall we live? So uh, I'm going to ask you you a question that I know you know the answer to, to highlight this. So you ran a co-op for five years, and you did Bible, science, worldview, um, history, history, uh, other subjects. There were many families in that co-op. I loved coming to visit uh, a couple times a year and help out with any admin issues and just encourage the folks and, and, and meet and greet people. Uh, and then we always had a program at the end of the year and all mm-hmm. that good stuff. But briefly, give the order of what you did first, second, third, last. How, what what was first? <laughs> so, yeah, thanks for asking. So some of it, it came from our own homeschooling experience because our five years of the co-op was not what we did first in homeschooling. It was what we did subsequently. In fact, our oldest son was already graduated from our homeschool when we did the co-op all those years ago. But I had learned before I started the co-op with a dear friend that it had to be God's word first. Matthew six thirty three, seek you first the kingdom of God. It had to be priority. And I, I learned that the hard way, right? Because I thought since Bible isn't required by the powers that be for me to do my core subjects in the state of North Carolina, I thought, you know what? We'll do all the core things and then we'll just do Bible later, right? Because no one... No one's looking over my shoulder to see. That's not something that I need to check off for the state, for the requirements, right? And so I started out not prioritizing the Bible, not thinking that it was that big of a deal. We'd do it when we could. And, you know, things just weren't going well because I wasn't laying the foundation. I was doing like the parable in the New Testament 
about the foolish man builds his house on the sand. I was trying to build our homeschool, our curriculum, our academics on the sand. I did not make a foundation to build on. And I remember, I I wish I knew who to credit this with, but I remember a very simple homeschool conference presentation when someone talked about the importance, the foundational importance, literally, of starting your day in the Word of God. And I had already at that time learned about the curriculum that subsequently, you know, we've printed now at Apologia. And I started prioritizing that and doing starting our day every day in God's Word. And I'm here to tell you, it changed everything. So much so that when we started the co-op, I was like, well, we're not going to switch it around just because we're doing this with everybody else. I saw the need to share with other families, other moms, other students, what I knew to work. And that was starting our time together at the co-op with the power of the Word of God. And so at the co-op, we came in, and the first thing we did, we had a little bitty devotional, like a hymn or two. Y'all all know how much I love the hymns. So we would sing a song, and then someone would say some devotional words, and then immediately we did the Bible lesson, which has come to be now the Word in Motion Bible curriculum. But at that time, it was it was just piloting it at the co-op. And then we went on to do history and science. And then at the end of the day, we capped it off with worldview. Because doing worldview is not the same as doing Bible. Your worldview is built on the Bible, but it's not it's not the same as doing Bible. They're two different things. Right. So one of the reasons mm-hmm. that it's good and wise to make the Bible first, because even it wasn't like you were not teaching the Bible to our kids. No, it just wasn't It, doing it just it first. wasn't intentionally being done first. Right. And like anything in life, you do it in the middle or later in the day, and things happen, emergencies uh-huh. come up, you forget... And it doesn't get done, and you don't realize it until the next day. It's like, wait a second, I don't, I don't think. Did we get Bible in yesterday? Yeah, I don't know. Well, we'll get it in today, right. and then you know, this life happens again, mm-hmm. and before you know it, you, you have two, three days, two, three weeks, and it's not part of your regular routine. And so, by prioritizing it, being a key word, and intentionally prioritizing it, mm-hmm. it you, you, you don't guarantee it gets done, right. but it's got a lot less chance of falling through any cracks right. because you got to start with something. Exactly. So uh, this reminds me of uh, an interesting phrase that we've just heard in the last few months. So our youngest of seven has graduated from our homeschool. He's off at college. And we've had kids go to several different colleges, community mm-hmm. college and art college and two different Christian colleges. Mm -hmm. Our youngest, Ben, is at Cedarville University, Mm -hmm. which is in uh, Cedarville, Ohio. And uh, we are in love with the school. Uh, We're we're very happy with many of the things that are happening there. And one of the things they do is they have chapel every day. Right. And the president speaks uh, once a week in that chapel. And then they have guest speakers and Bible professors and so forth uh, doing uh, the lessons. But the president has a saying that he just drills into all the students, and that's Bible before breakfast. Right. No Bible, no breakfast. He says it several different ways, but it really rings. And so I would say that my journey on as a homeschool mom coming to put the Bible first was, you know, first my misstep of not doing it first. 
But it was. It also kind of goes back to my college experience. You and I have talked about this. You and I both went to Christian colleges that had chapel every day. And I have to tell you, that was so rich. And so here's a word from the church fathers, thank you, formational. It was so formational to me. I looked forward to going to chapel every day. I looked forward to singing the praises of God. I looked forward to the speakers and the inspiring words that they would say based on God's word. I I really felt like it was a game changer. And then, you know, as a young adult, I stepped away from college. You and I got married. We started having kids. And I forgot, I, I didn't feel that sense of solid ground under my feet. And I think primarily because life just got busy, right? But I'm here to tell you, it is so important for us to ground ourselves and ground our children in God's Word every day. And it doesn't have to be anything fancy. I mean, it's one of the main motivations, at least for me, to write the Word in Motion curriculum was so that families had a tool by which they could ground and teach their children the Bible every day. But when you back up the bus to Gutenberg, like you said a minute ago, and then the pilgrims, and you see what a fundamental priority it was for him to print the Word of God, and subsequently for them to teach the Word of God as a priority to their children. If If those kids didn't learn anything else, they wanted their kids to know the Word of God. It's the tool by which they taught them to read. It's the tool by which they disciplined their children. It's the tool by which they discipled their children. That was their primary curriculum. And I'm just going to say, I think we get back to that as Christians. I mean, never mind that we're in a post-Christian period now in America. If God's people would just return to the priority of discipling their children in the fear and the admonition of God based on His Word every single day, we change this country. Oh, yeah. And we raise a generation of warriors who get who God is. And I say this a lot, but if you get who He is, it changes everything. It changes your attitude. It changes your actions. It changes the way you see circumstances. It gives you perspective. It gives you focus. It gives you strength. It gives you joy. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control are available to us when we make the study of God's Word priority. Yeah, so the other thing I'm thinking of here is when the Kindle first came out. Yeah. So I'm going to tell a little bit of history here because I have a subscription to a Business Trends Mm -hmm. audiobook. I've received it once a month for... Years, probably years. twenty years. It's been a long time, yeah. Uh, and uh, it's one of those subscriptions that's just really good. Uh, it's politically neutral, religiously neutral, and uh, just focuses on business trends. Well, and it makes us really geeky because we it listen does. to it together. But, yeah, okay. <laughs> and so I remember when they did an episode talking about electronic ink and how this was going to lead to an invention, which eventually became the Kindle. Mm-hmm. But this was one or two years before the Kindle was announced and introduced. And so th- when I remember listening to that, just thinking, oh, wow, that that would be wild and crazy technology. Mm-hmm. That'd be fascinating. And they talked about long battery lives mm-hmm. and how it wouldn't look like a backlit screen of any kind. And, of course, tablets didn't even exist at this time. So when the Kindle was introduced, I actually bought the very first Kindle. 
And well, not the very first Kindle, but you mean when it the was first, first edition, in, the very first right. edition. Just to be totally right, clear, not, yeah. not, not serial number <laughs> one, but the, when they first came out, I was right. an early adopter. Yes, you were. And what was by principle, I intentionally downloaded a specific book the Bible. first. Yeah, I did. I remember that. Yeah, and that, that was very intentional. I didn't want to order it. Second, third, or fourth in my first round of purchases, it was the first book I put into my Kindle on purpose. And um, and then, of course, I had other rules that I gave myself, like I'm never going to buy a book until I've finished reading a given book on the Kindle. But, yeah. the, but the point is prioritizing the, the Bible that I put onto this new piece of technology that was going to help me my reading in some ways. Well, and I'm even going to say, you know, you and I always have really long reading lists. I'm, I'm sometimes fearful that my poor night stand table <laughs> is going to collapse under the weight of all of the books that I have to read. I, I never have one going. I usually have several going. And I, I just finished one today, which, you know, it, you know me, it's well, you know me well enough to know that for me, finishing a book is like this thing, you know, because I like <laughs> milk it because I don't want it to end, you know. And I, w- I just finished a book today, but I got to a place in my reading and my pursuit of, you know, catching up with all the classics I didn't get done in high school and college and just the really good reading that is culturally relevant today as a Christian. And there are great reading lists. I think the Colson Center maintains a great reading list. If you want to be engaged in the culture and the issues of the day, they have a great bookstore that you can peruse for that. But I know that for me personally, I did get to a place in my reading where, man, I was knocking it out of the park. I was mm-hmm. reading. I was intellectually engaged. And I'll just you know chase a squirrel just a few feet. As a young mom, when you feel like your brain is turning into mush, there's nothing like a good Christian (laughs) book on an issue to make you feel like, okay, I'm not completely losing it. I can do more. You're still an adult. Exactly. I can do more than a apple a and change a diaper. So I would have books going, but I discovered one day to my chagrin that I had arrived at a place where I was reading a lot of, quote, good books. And they were good books. They were encouraging. They were intellectually engaging but to the neglect of God's Word. And so I want to make sure we say here that we that's the level of priority. You must spend time in God's Word every day. Be in His Word every day. Yes, read other books, intellectually engage, prepare yourself for the ongoing cosmic battle that we are all involved in, that we are facing. Read good parenting books. Read good classic literature. Those are great things, but not to the detriment or the neglect of being in God's Word every day. Amen. All right. Well, as always, we have to bring a conversation to an end, and it's that time. So thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed this, and if you did, please uh, share it with a friend, write us a review, or send us an email to podcast at apologia.com. We want to thank our sponsor, Apologia Educational Ministries. Their mission is to help homeschooling families learn, live, and defend the Christian faith. Apologia is the award-winning publisher of creation-based science and a brand new Bible curricula for homeschooling families called The Word in Motion. It's designed for all learning styles, visual, auditory, and kinesthetic. Yes, your kids will be required to move as they learn the Old and New Testament storylines and keywords for all 66 books of the Bible. 
The course includes streaming video lessons by author Rachel Carmen, stirring narratives, thought-provoking review questions, and engaging notebooking activities. You can learn more at apologia.com backslash Bible. The Word in Motion, published by Apologia in partnership with Walk Through the Bible. Go to apologia.com backslash Bible, a great place to explore God's Word. Have a great day, and until next time, we are walking by faith and enjoying the homeschooling adventure of a lifetime.